Who are you? I'm Molly. I'm a new writer. You want to sit down? Okay. That's where Mendelssohn sits. Could you sit down, please? Oh, I'll just use uh, this trash can. There's, you know, there's hardly any trash in it at all. Oh, it's kind of comfortable, better than a chair. That's our show, everyone. I came to tell you this year is your last. What? They can't replace you if everyone loves you. Do none of you understand what is at stake here? I am being replaced. Think about why the show is bad and come up with ways to fix it. I wish I was a woman of color so I could just get me a job I want. We talked about this, you can't say that. I know what everyone thinks of me, but just because I was lucky enough to get this job doesn't mean I'm stupid enough to lose it. I need you, Molly. I need your pushiness and lack of boundaries. You love me. No, I didn't say that. I, no. I mean, not in those words, but you... No, I didn't say it in any of those words. Hello. And welcome to the Martini Scale, where we talk movies over martinis. And provide our perspective on what is and isn't worth watching. We are three friends who all love film, so the goal with the show isn't to critique every detail, but to give you an honest perspective of what our experience was like when watching something. And perhaps, more importantly, how drunk you need to be to enjoy it. I'm Sean. I'm Natalie. And I'm Lena. And in this episode, we are discussing Late Late Night. night. So we're going to jump right in, and then we're going to give you some context as to why we're doing this movie so late in the game. Get it? Late Night. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Late Night is a 2019 American comedy drama directed by Nisha Gantara. Did I get that right? Ganatra. Of course I didn't get that right. Um, it's from a screenplay by Mindy Kaling, and it stars Emma Thompson, Mindy Kaling, Max Casella, Hugh Dancy, John Lithgow. Oh my God, this is like a, an amazing cast. Um, Reed Scott and Amy Ryan. The plot- you say that like you didn't see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing it again for the first time, like it's Natalie. shocking. The plot follows the host of a late night talk show who teams up with one of her new staff writers in an attempt to save her career. Um, Natalie, I'm going to let you give the rest of this background because I feel like this is a very special movie for you and I want, you, I want to give yeah. you a chance to talk about it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, the project was first announced in 2016 with Fox 2000 Pictures set to produce Kayleen's script and Paul F- Feig. Paul Feig. Feig? Feig. He directed... Feig. Um, I should know this. He directed Feig. my other favorite movie of the last year. Um, with Ghostbusters? <laughs> no. He directed... Um, what was the one with Blake Lively that I loved? Anna Kendrick. Oh, so oh, well, yeah. Favor. Favor. Not a simple plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho, he was signed on to direct in tw- August 2017. Ganatra replaced Feig, and the film was picked up by Film Nation Entertainment. Much of the cast joined in April 2018, and filming began later that month in New York City. Following its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival on January 25th, 2019, Amazon Studios bought the domestic distribution rights for a record $13 million. Wait a second. Did I hear you say it had its debut at Sundance? It, it did. Oh, my goodness. Can you? Wow. But I feel like I've heard that somewhere else, though. Where, I think we've talked about that on the podcast several times. Did we talk about that? Times. Why would we have talked about it on the podcast several times? <laughs> because I was at Sundance this year. What? I know. Oh, my God. Can you believe and it? did you happen to see this movie at Sundance? I did happen oh to see this movie God. at Sundance. Okay. <laughs> so, listeners, that is why we're talking about this movie, like, six months after its release, because <laughs> we thought that we would do a special episode for, like, the video on demand release. Mm-hmm. However, I have a note about that coming up in a second. Well, because it's going to be released on Amazon Correct. at some point. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's a little bit disappointing is when I saw it at Sundance, I loved it. It didn't feel like a Sundance movie, so it was really interesting that it was even there because it felt like a normal studio movie. 
so it kind of made a little bit of sense why it made $13 because I was like, yeah, this is like the production value of it, the cast in it. All of it doesn't feel indie, art house, Sundance, film festival type of movie. So I thought, you know, a theatrical release like they had planned was probably the best thing to do. But it was really surprising to me how, I guess, poorly it did opening yeah. weekend. So hopefully it finds a larger audience once it's on Amazon. Because it is, I find, I thought it was a great movie. And, you know, I thought it was great when I watched it at Sundance. And I'm hoping more people will get to see it. Well, I doubt it's going to be that big of a loss for Amazon. Because I, I did read that it made, I think, what, $17 million? Was it's like I mean, they spent a lot of money office. on marketing. They spent like $40 million on marketing. Because yeah. you know, I was actually reading about it this morning. Um I think, though, that, like, Amazon having this in its, like, repertoire, you know what I mean? Like, I think that'll be great for them long-term anyway, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah. Um, plus, let's be honest, Amazon losing money on something, I know. it's not that big of a deal. I know. They got um, plenty. Um, and then Lena and I saw it, uh, the second time I saw it was at the premiere. That's right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what was that experience like? <laughs> uh, so, I'm a part of a group called Women in Film. Mm-hmm. And so they sent invitations out to, I think, most of its members of if anybody wanted to sign up to attend the premiere. And back in the day, I've kind of done those where you, like, get well, your... Well, yeah, I was going to say, didn't it say more of, like, it didn't actually say the premiere, like, it, when you... It did. Or it did? I just oh. didn't. I hadn't paid attention to that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and so I thought and it was just... It was, like, sc- the premiere premiere. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was just, like, a screening of it. And so in the past, like, we ended up going to the Argo premiere and a couple other premieres based off of these, like, seat filler audience type of experiences where you have to get in line, like, two hours ahead of time and you might get a ticket to get in. Right. And so I was like, I'm not playing this game. I don't want to do this. Like, (laughs) to me, I already saw it at Sundance. I'd rather go buy a ticket and go see it elsewhere. And it was in downtown LA. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going to go drive to downtown and stand in line for two hours. (laughs) So... When I'm looking at the not. ticket, I, you know, and I've had premiere invitations to real premieres in the past. So I know what those invites look like versus what I've done before. So I was like, when I got my, you know, invite, my email confirmation, the parking pass, I was like, oh, shit. Like, we have actual tickets to this thing. <laughs> and I was like, but maybe I still had this doubt that we weren't really going to be, like, going right in. So I think Lena got there first and saw this big, long line. And I was like, God damn it. I'm going to be furious. <laughs> and I was like, did I come downtown for this? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be so We angry. don't go downtown unless it's extra special. Yeah. <laughs> so we're walking up and we ask some security guy like, oh, where's we'll call. And he tells us to go around the back. And I'm like, we're fucked. We're not getting into yeah. this thing. We're passing the line. Yeah. I'm like, oh, crap. So I walk around to the back to the will call and it's a normal pickup desk with all the like alphabet lines where you go and pick up per your your last name name. and they had an envelope for me and everything and they're like okay you walk through the entrance and it's the red carpet entrance and And I was like pass all the common the whole line we passed (laughs) yeah I was like holy shit we were like really got real tickets to this thing this (laughs) is insane so we're walking into the red carpet and opens up a door of an SUV and it's Ike Barinholtz, who I love so much. Like, he's my fav- absolute favorite, like, Mindy sidekick on everything. And I literally am like, how do I not panic right now? He's standing. I could touch him. Should I touch him? <laughs> I'm like, you well, I don't think his him. wife will like that. You I was like, should I him. poke him? The fact that he's within poking distance. Don't do your poking I'm not going to do that. Thing. 
You just got into a premiere finally, and this is how you behave. I know. I kept it together. There was a lot of stuff happening in my head. Okay. <laughs> did she keep it together? I was going to say, did head. you? Lena, you're Not the in my head, but I didn't do anything actively. Okay. Just to followed them around anybody. a little bit. Not too much. So we walked pictures of it. We walked on the red carpet and it was got to see everybody getting their picture taken every it was just so much fun. I was like, wow, this was not what I was expecting. Where people at all. get with the paparazzi like Natalie, Natalie <laughs> over here. No. no we had we had to walk behind the paparazzi. Yeah. <laughs> they had like two we didn't red walk carpet in front. areas. Yeah. Yeah. Someday it's gonna happen. Someday. I don't know. <laughs> well so that's anyways, fun. That was really Did really you see fun. Emma or or Mindy? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Emma was not there. Of course she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. She so, the premiere. Yeah. She's the star. In Los on. Angeles. Yeah. So Mindy was there. She came up. She announced the film yeah, with Yeah, but we Nisha. didn't see her on the carpet. We didn't see her on the carpet because I think she came a little bit later. Yeah. So. so was it at like LA Live or something? Where was this? No, it was... The Orpheum. Yes. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a beautiful Which I've theater. I've never been I've inside been in. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. It's always weird to me when they do um, like film screenings at like places that are not a movie theater. Like I just went to one at, on the, at the Ford Theater. Which oh, is kind of yeah. by the Hollywood Bowl. It's oh. like a mini Hollywood Bowl, yeah. and it was actually such a really cool, like, intimate setting. I saw the um, the premiere of Kathy Griffin's new documentary, oh, right. mm-hmm. which is really good, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's always weird to me when you're mm-hmm. seeing a film in like that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, because I always think of the Orpheum as like, so you think you can dance auditions? Because <laughs> they I always didn't even realize that because they what always that was. have that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, but it's a stage, yeah, for sure. I want to. Um, I want to talk more about your experience with like, cause I know this is a personal film to you and I think we'll get into some of that and like why you liked it so much and why we decided to actually do this episode. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important that we talk about this gorgeous martini that you made. Yeah. I was just going to say, see, we got to talk about this because it's I want to so... drink it up. I've been drink. I'm almost done. Oh yeah. We're oh already drinking. God. I... Yeah. You need to <laughs> And I'm up. eating my you garnish. You didn't even wait for me. <laughs> Whose problem is that? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, drink I think up. as soon as we start talking and we hit record, I'm yeah, drinking. Yeah, there's no, like, <laughs> moratorium on drinking here. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, so this is, I figured, you know, it's a writer's room that they're featuring in this movie of a late night television show, talk show. So, you know, I thought, what's better fitting for a writer's room than coffee and donuts? Nothing. There's nothing better. I know. Fitting. I know. So I made also, a coffee. Sean's favorite, something for us to eat <laughs> while we're recording. Yeah, I, the audience loves to hear you chomping. In mm-hmm. fact, Lena, I think you should talk about your experience right now um, at the premiere. Did you have fun? Whoa. <laughs> that was pure vodka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is it soaking up the alcohol? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that, didn't have a problem. Did also, you have any... it is very early in the morning. It is. We're yeah. recording pretty early today. By the way, I just also want you guys to know that like we are making a sacrifice for you because we are sweltering. Oh, yeah. It's like 100 degrees in LA today. And oh, we are not running the AC because we don't want to disturb your, or compromise your audio <sighs> listening quality. I'm so, sweating already. I got here. goosebumps from all the alcohol that was in that donut. Oh, I love it. The look on your face. I wish we were recording that on video because it was it was quite priceless. Mm-hmm. Do you have any trivia for us, mm. Natalie? Mm. Because I do. I don't see any in your notes. I didn't. You go for it. But um, there's some interesting things I thought about. So one of the things that's most fascinating to me about a movie that is seemingly enjoyed by a lot of people yet doesn't do well commercially, mm-hmm. it's always like very fascinating to me. Um... But I want to talk about the critical response to this because supposedly on Rotten Tomatoes, as of like the day we record this, which is in August of 2019. 20... <laughs> wow. 
like, fuck me, what year is it? Um, the film holds an approval rating of 80%. And I actually think that's really interesting because you wouldn't know that by, like, the commercial success. Like, I didn't hear anybody talking about this mm-hmm. movie when it was finally released. I know we had been talking about it because of Sundance and the premiere and all that. And I was really excited to see it because of your, you know, you were so excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it's weird to me that, like, even when I talked about this movie with other people, most people had not heard of it. And so I'm curious to know, like, from your perspective, when someone like Amazon buys a film Mm -hmm. and they spend $40 million, which is no, that's not pocket change to market a film. Mm -hmm. And and it's a good film. What do you think causes a movie like that? Yeah, what goes wrong? I personally think it's the release date and when they plan to release it. And I think specifically I work for a company that released a movie pretty much the same weekend the year before Mm -hmm. that was a good movie that's right and when you're going up against avengers Mm -hmm. all of this all of these big big summer movies that are kind of starting to come out at that time or have just been in theater for a couple weeks you're losing your core audience that is i think specific to this movie i i mean to me the core audience for this is going to be older women you know, I think gay men, gay men, you know, and I think those people are avoiding the theaters during this time because they don't want to be around with all the crazy lines and the Marvel movies and hmm. superhero stuff. Summer kids are off school. You know, I think it's, there's a combination of things. And then also because every single weekend starting in May, there's a huge release after huge release after huge release yeah. every weekend. Mm-hmm. So there's no chance for these smaller movies to stay in theaters for very long. They kick them out if they're not performing right away. So it's not like it can, they tried to do a platform release and had it release in a small amount of theaters and then went wider, but it's just not the time to do that because the theaters are going to be pissed that you're taking a spot that could go to Avengers that is going to sell out. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's just, summer blockbusters. Yeah, like that's what everyone's expecting for summertime. So, you, do you think this film would have done better maybe during like Oscar season earlier in the year? Perhaps, I think earlier in the, in the year, year or Oscar season. Yeah, like I don't think it probably wouldn't be able to really hold up against like Oscar, Oscar contenders. Like I don't think they would have done like a campaign for it or anything. But I think had this movie been released. Was say when it premiered at Sundance, January, February, maybe even into March. I think it could have done so much better. Absolutely, everything's so blah during that time. Yeah, and so I think it would have stood out, and it just kind of gets lost in all the big noise of these record-breaking weekend movies, and it's yeah. just well, I'm even confused. Yeah, well, maybe I'm just confused right now, but like. Amazon, it's Amazon. They have the whole Amazon Prime VOD, blah, blah, blah. Why waste your time of putting it in the theater? Just put it out on your channel. Well, I think that lends they itself will. to some sort of No, I know of they will, but now it's to some been extent. out for a while. Mm-hmm. It, why but can't it be? Most of the films that they buy, though, I do feel are like, they're more of like the indie Oscar-y type films, like oh, Beautiful Boy yeah, and that sort of thing. Like, yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't hold it back for... A release around that time, at least to, okay. to not at least point, maybe not to compete with like the Oscar films, but to, I don't know, be taken like a little bit more seriously. And you know what I mean? The thing that I find really interesting about the Amazon thing in particular is that we had talked about, because we wanted to do this episode, but we didn't know when we wanted to air it. And we had talked about let's, let's air it when like the VOD release comes out. Mm-hmm. But what's fascinating to me about the Amazon thing is that there won't be a proper VOD release for this film if Amazon owns it. It will go to Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. 
but it won't go to like iTunes and all the other oh, no. yeah. Yeah. The other places that you could technically mm-hmm. buy a digital copy of a film because it's an Amazon exclusive and they mm-hmm. want to market it as such. So that in itself is limiting. You know what I mean? Like, I think yes, but I think part of – they'll probably release it to rent and buy on Amazon – first and then eventually it'll be on amazon prime and i think like i don't know if beautiful boy even is still on other platforms i think it's still only on amazon probably is anyone looking for that movie (laughs) no but i'm just saying that like it's one of those films that you know if you don't have amazon prime you don't really have a way to see it if you didn't see it in like that two-week window that it was in the theater i guess i'm just i'm talking about exposure to something and the lack of exposure to a film like this is really interesting to me when Amazon buys something because if any other studio buys this and distributes it's it, everywhere. it's still going to be everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And Amazon is definitely like siloed away in that sense. And yeah, so, I guess that's why I was confused because I was like, why is why don't they just put it out like as an Amazon thing? And but I was thinking it would go to like Hulu and like whatever, but it yeah, doesn't. It won't. Yeah. Okay. Um, and one of the other interesting things I read, and I think at that point we should dive into kind of like what we liked about it, but. Someone, um, I guess it was Alyssa Wilkinson from Vox.com. She called this movie a workplace comedy that feels like the cousin of the Devil Wears Prada. And I actually thought that was a really interesting well, that's cute. kind of analogy because mm-hmm. it's true. That said, mm-hmm. would we like to talk about what we enjoyed about it? I, yes. I do want to give two uh, pieces of trivia that I think were really interesting. Um, oh, now she has trivia. <laughs> I just remembered. One of the things that Nisha had said at the Sundance premiere was that um, – Mindy had just given birth and had a three-month-old baby, and Nisha herself was five months pregnant. And so her real big push at that point was like, "Don't be scared of moms working." And <laughs> talk about women in film. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, pregnant women directing or working or acting. You know, like there's a lot of options. And I think it was really interesting because I think it is something that. For some reason, people are very scared when it's like, "Oh, you're pregnant. Like, can you do this?" It's like, "Well, yeah." That's she clearly so was like. <laughs> So I think it was kind of, it was a fun detail that I feel like she shared of like, we were able to make it work and we made something great. And, you know, we both were in a, you know, similar situation that could be a lot of times people wouldn't give us this chance because they're like, oh, well, you know, if there's complications or there's problems with your young three month old baby or whatever, you know, so it's kind of nice that, you know, people gave them this opportunity and they were able to create a product without a problem, you know. Speaking of Mindy Kaling, um, didn't you see her in like a green room at Sundance or something? So I went to, um, they have all these lounges. And so I went to the Stella Hollywood Reporter Lounge. Okay. And so they had a big panel with uh, Nisha and Mindy Kaling. And is this so, the Stella Artois? Yes. Oh, fucking Sarah Jessica Parker. Say, you gonna, is it the beer or Why Stella Why is McCartney? Sarah Jessica oh. Parker doing those commercials? I just want to digress because it's annoying as fuck. Anyway, yeah. Continue. Sorry. So um, I think that was really, really fun to kind of hear them talk about the movie. And that's when they talked about, I learned about the reframe stamp and all that kind of stuff, which is the gender parody on set. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was, it was a really fun. And that's actually why I joined Women in Film was after seeing that movie and looking up what reframe was and how they were connected to Women in Film. It was all, that oh, was all part of it. Yeah. I didn't realize you weren't a part of that. Not at that time. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. It was fun. I begged you to take a picture, but you didn't. I took a lot of pictures in there. Not of that. <laughs> yeah, I have one. Did you send it to me? Uh, I don't know. I posted it on Instagram. Mindy's wearing this cute little yellow sweater. Really? Yeah. I feel like I don't remember that. And I, I have like a picture on the red carpet, the same red carpet, and then Mindy came in like five minutes later. I have not seen these pictures. You're going to okay. have to oh, repost oh. them on our social. <laughs> Grandpa's, do Grandpa that. doesn't remember. Grandpa forgot his that. glasses. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Okay. So, Natalie, what, what did you like about this film? 
I liked a lot about this movie. And I think I liked it when I saw it the first time. I loved it just as much when I saw it the second time. I think it was um, a great representation of, I think, writers' rooms and how they are filled with all men and just kind of the lack of opening yourself up to, like, bringing diversity into a room. And so I think getting exposure to what that world looks like was really, really fun. And that's, I hope a lot of people will be able to kind of see what that world looks like. And, you know, I just kind of liked that they were challenging a bit of that, you know, the norm. But then at the same time, it's like, well, we don't have any female late night hosts other than like Samantha B. There isn't anybody else. Chelsea and that Handler used to be. It used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, but in a bigger network role, you know, so it was interesting that it's like, okay, she is in this like really coveted position that isn't our reality, but then showing how even in that situation, even the room doesn't reflect the diversity that we're then seeing on screen of what they're portraying. Totally. So I think it was just, it was a lot of fun. It showed, you know, I think nepotism in the workplace that kind of happens quite often and, you know the idea that people look at this stuff as a diversity hire and instead of like realizing that you know if we're speaking to a bunch of diverse people and in a diverse audience you need to have diverse voices that can speak to those people as well and kind of really create I think a well-rounded product and so to me not being open to having different voices and opinions and creative ideas is that's why the show's not working so I kind of like that it showed that Totally. I and I thought it was really, really funny, really witty. I love Mindy and I love her writing. I loved the Mindy show. So it's, you know, I have been a fan of hers in the office. So it's, you know, all of those things. I was knew that I was watching something Mindy. So if you're a fan of hers, you're going to enjoy the movie. It's just a movie version of her storytelling. You know, what's really interesting about Mindy Kaling is that I, um, I always, I forget that she did the office. Like, I feel like I've become, I mean, I obviously know she was in The Office. It was an amazing show and her character was hilarious. But I think that speaks to her her career trajectory in a really positive way because some people could be pigeonholed in, like, that character forever and just mm-hmm. see them that way. And I feel like she's done so much since then that I'm just like, she has this, like, vast career. And, like, you just said The Office. So I was like, oh, yeah, she's in The Office. Like, But more so than, than she was on The Office, she was a writer on The Office. Totally. So it's like... Her, she lent her voice to that, and I think wasn't most of the cast a writer on that show. Most of them were, which yeah. was really really fun. But it's like it's really yeah. fun when you I've watched that series so many times, yeah. and when you go back and you see what episodes each of them wrote and kind of how they're telling like this specific character's like journey in that episode, it's just really fun. Yeah, such a good show. Yeah, such a good show. I've never seen that show. You've never seen The Office, <laughs> so The Office is one of those shows that like I. I watched it when it was on. I think I watched most of it. I think I didn't. I missed like the last couple of seasons. But then I recently went back and revisited the show, like maybe like a year or two ago, and it holds up in terms of like its hilarity. And I think I've t- we talked about this before, but like Steve Carell is like so annoying to me, but he's so good on that show. Like he, yeah. and that's why he's annoying to me. I think is because I always see him as Michael Scott. Yeah, such a good show. You have to watch it. Yeah, there's he just like me. little details you pick up the more you watch it. And it's it's like Arrested so Development. Good. I don't know if you guys so watched funny. that show. Yeah, I watched but that. But that one is like it's so nuanced that you could you could watch the same episode five times, and every time you get something new out of it. Like yeah. there's a new layer that you're like, oh my god, I didn't notice that before. It's so so good. Mm-hmm. That's Jason Bateman. I can't. <laughs> oh, that's right. You have a hatred for every actor, at least on every show. There's one person. That... It's true. Do you want to talk about what you liked about this movie? Didn't Lena? I like it? This movie? <laughs> 
Oh. I mean, we I don't. A I liked it. I didn't love it. Interesting. I like. You're not an old woman or a gay man. <laughs> I am an old woman. That's true. Okay. That's true. I'm grandma. Okay, grandpa. I know. Um, I think it was very witty and it was very Mindy. I'm. I like Mindy. I don't know if I'm a fan of Mindy. I liked the Mindy show for sure, but it would think it was more of the cast of characters around mm-hmm. her and her character that I loved more. Hmm. I'm not necessarily into, like, I, I don't know, her style, I guess. But, like, I liked the movie. I think it's funny. I think people will like it. Is it going to be, like, this big movie that everyone's thinking it should be? No. Well, no. We know the answer to well, that already. But, yeah, because it's not... I don't see it that way. I definitely saw it as like, oh, that should be on Hulu. Like it's, it wasn't like, oh, I, why, why am I seeing this in the theater? It just didn't have the zhuzh the of zhuzh. like a like a movie movie. The movie zhuzh. You know how you have the the Netflix curse thing, whatever. I do. Yeah. That's how I felt this was. It should just be like a Netflix. So it's a good Netflix. I want to talk about that for a second because I've been thinking a lot about that lately because as I go to watch a movie in the theater mm-hmm. and then I watch something on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or whatever, even HBO. There's like a, you feel it. I feel like it's becoming very blurry though. Oh. And I think that like, so I, I, one of the things that I want to talk about a little bit later in the episode is there's a new show on HBO that Emma Thompson is actually in. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, I love her. But it's, it's so cinematic mm. that I'm like, this maybe could have been a movie. Like, I think that line is just so blurred today because of there's so many different ways to watch to just content. Yeah. That it's, it's, and I think HBO is definitely at the forefront in terms of like their stuff is like always, you know, they've always been. It's, I mean, quality. Sopranos, absolutely, Sex in the City, absolutely. But, you know. but like, I don't know. It's so interesting because you said that about this film, and like, I actually didn't think that watching it. I thought, well, no, this actually does belong in a theater because it had that. I don't know. It took me on that emotional journey that I want a movie to take me on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like I actually really liked this film. And I mean, I have a lot of the same notes that like you do. I think that it works well. Um, like the, I love the casting. Mm-hmm. I think rarely does a film come along that's like perfectly cast. And I think that like yeah, every I love the cast. single person that was cast in this film. Every like, writer in the room I'm drawn was to fantastic. all of them yeah. as opposed to Mindy. I'm drawn to but Emma I th- especially. I, I think in a her. film like this, though, that's okay because I don't think – like, unlike maybe The Devil Wears Prada, which is the analogy we made a moment ago, I think that a movie like this, it wasn't necessarily about Mindy. Like, I do think that, like, obviously her character is prominent, but I would argue that, like, Emma Thompson's character is who the film is about. See, and I so, don't think it was supposed to be. I think she took that over because she's fantastic. I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's maybe. just my opinion. I don't know. But, and maybe that's poor yeah. writing, too. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But I, don't know. I just feel like, for me, the movie was about Emma Thompson's journey. And I... I don't know. I really, really appreciated all of that. Um, I thought the pacing was really good. Like, I didn't get bored. Yeah. And in a movie like this, I feel like you could very easily get bored um, if it doesn't kind of keep going. And I think more than anything else, it was timely. Like, in 2019, mm-hmm. like, we need a movie like this. You know what I mean? I think um, I have heard that argument many times that there's not a female late night host, which is actually quite baffling to me mm-hmm. because you do have the Samantha Bees and the Chelsea Handlers, but they've always been on cable. Mm-hmm. There's never been, like, a prominent network, you know, late night talk show host that's a female and i think um like we've even got something coming out i think i keep seeing the billboards for like a new david spade show and i'm oh, just yeah, like really out. another man needs a late night show like another white man yeah oh, seriously <laughs> the white man yeah. come on is this a talk show i don't know I, what I don't, his is i haven't seen i've seen billboards for it, it and looks I've read like about a talk it, show but... on comedy central i think is what it appears to be i could be it's wrong it's definitely that's, comedy central that's what i don't i haven't seen say. it yet but. but like i don't know i think 
more than the talk show. Like the talk show is just like a metaphor for things. I mm-hmm. think it's a really just like do our women getting the same opportunities and we've had that argument on the show before we could have it a million more times but I think that it's an important conversation and I think that to me is part of the reason I feel so sad that this movie didn't do as well because it is a, it's a great film I think but more than that I think the message that it's telling it's beyond just making something to entertain people it actually had a really great message to it absolutely. and I think that's where it's a little bit yeah unfortunate that it isn't something that people are seeing more of you know and I think I think that's where it draws that line for me like yes the message is good but then it's like that's a movie about the message like it's I don't know where the line is where it's actually a movie or is it I'm just trying to teach you something mm-hmm. but well, then that's where I'm like on the line about it like I liked it but I also felt like okay like I get it yeah and I mean I'm going to spoil a little bit here um, and I do think if you haven't seen the film you should definitely see it but there is a, a subplot that takes place in the film with Emma Thompson's character that she's basically accused of, like, sexual... I don't even know if it's misconduct. It's not harassment. It's not really... I guess it's technically misconduct because Mm -hmm. it's someone that works for her and she's married and whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, that is a very interesting story to tell Mm -hmm. in 2019 Mm -hmm. from a woman's perspective Mm -hmm. because when it's been men, Mm -hmm. which it's happened countless times in the industry, I'm sure, with men, right? And it's kind of like, oh, that's, you know, no, no, slap on the wrist, whatever. But with her, it was really, like, a career defining situation that could have taken her down Mm -hmm. and that's a very interesting story to tell because that's that's true that would happen to a woman in that situation we wouldn't tolerate it in the same way because society doesn't look at women Mm -hmm. and sex and scandal the same way that it does for men and that in itself is a really interesting you know story to tell in this and so and how one chooses to handle that and i think absolutely that there's a a ton of options of how you can hide or you can confront it and like how the repercussions are going to be to your career and stuff. So I think it, to me, it movies don't have to just purely be entertainment. Like, yeah, that's fun. And I can enjoy movies that are purely entertainment, but I do love when you can entertain me and also have a message in it. I think that that if you accomplish that, then there's like no better thing that you could do is like doing that successfully. And so I feel like this movie did it. I laughed so much through it. Like I thought it was so witty and funny and we're having conversation that not a lot of people want to have. So I think to me, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. And I think those are the films that are most meaningful and kind of will stick with you for a long period of time. Agreed. Is there anything that you didn't like? Maybe you can start Selena since you. I, I didn't not like it. It just wasn't like my cup of tea like it was funny i loved emma thompson i think she's fantastic i loved her storyline about all of that um but it just wasn't like i don't need to see this movie again okay like i just i saw it once i loved it it's great i didn't love it but it, i liked it it's great but like i don't have an urge to see it again that's fair natalie um well one thing i wanted to say that i didn't get a chance to say like my favorite scene in the movie I feel like I need a hand gesture when you're done because I, we've, I always do that. I'm like, I move on. And you're like, well, because I didn't get to Wait this a minute. <laughs> um, was when they were, she, Catherine Newbury was coming back to the office and all the writers had been working in the room together for a long time. And that was when Mindy's character needed to leave for her event. And they hear she's coming back and they're all running back to the office to pretend like they've still been working and the one guy falls and trips and they're oh. running over him. Like just to me, that was just so funny. Cause I, 
in the work environment that I'm in a lot of times, it's like, oh, the person's back and everybody's running back to their office. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Also, like in the proposal and they're all iMessaging each other. Yeah. She's back. Yeah. And everyone's like, and the Devil Wears Prada, where it's like the person's in the building. It's like that shit really happens. (laughs) And then it's like, everybody get to your stations. (laughs) Damn, I know you guys are doing work. Yeah. It was really, really funny. So that to me, I just was like, well, I I get that. I understand. Like, so it was personally very funny to me. (laughs) Okay. And you didn't like. Um, So there wasn't anything major that I didn't like. I think I have some issues with how far they kind of pushed certain things Mm -hmm. um for instance it's like okay you have i know you're trying to create this juxtaposition of like this british polished smart you know educational you know you know pushing kind of woman that's like very independent and powerful educational or educated woman educated sorry educational educational woman she is very educational educated woman to Ike Barinholtz, who I love, but is this comedian that's like fart jokes and this is what the world likes. And it's like, okay, it's not quite that far. I don't mm-hmm. think that that extreme is, yeah. to me, that was a little bit too much. And it's like, and then her YouTube guest that sniffs the dog's butt and passes out. It was stuff like that that was like too unrealistic. You're telling a very like realistic story. You don't need to go that YouTube stars are ridiculous dumb. enough. You don't need to take it to that extreme. Yeah, it's you don't need to dumb it down even further than what it is naturally. So that it was, there's moments like that where I'm like, God, this was so good. And I felt like everything was really polished. But it was that stuff that I was like, okay, we don't, there's already a pretty big, you know, difference between these two characters. We don't need to go that far. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I actually, um, I don't have a lot of notes in that realm either just because I actually really liked it. The one thing that I will say that it bothered me in the sense that Emma Thomas, Emma Thomas, <laughs> Emma Thompson's character, <laughs> I felt like she was too hard and I never saw her soften to the mm. level that I wanted her to soften to. Even like, at the end. Even at the end. Mm. And there were there were moments where I was like, oh, we're going to get that breakthrough or like whatever. And I know that was like her character was always stone-faced and very proper and mm-hmm. whatever. But like I wanted to see like after all that she'd been through, like the scene where she goes to her apartment at the end and, you know, asks her to come back or whatever. I'm like, okay, I guess that's all we're going to get. Yeah. Because I never saw the like the guard really come down. Is that the, because she's British? She's just like stern. I don't know, but I mean, if you're, <laughs> no, I don't know, I and mean, that doesn't sit well. Like you with always me, have so. to be like, like fancy. I just feel like if you are a a horrible person who's been on this journey and mm-hmm. endured like so much that's caused you to become aware of things, and you know what I mean, like self aware, and you still don't show up in a way that is mm. better. I, I, don't I, know. I think it, what's a little bit. I totally see your point. I think. With her character, the fact that she wouldn't even be face to face with these writers, she didn't care to know their names, gave them numbers. She came to this woman's apartment like that's a huge step for her. So as much as it doesn't feel like, you know, she's emoting these feelings towards her, I think showing the action, it's kind of more like. The action is more meaningful than the words in this particular situation where it's like that's and speaking to the fact that this was more Emma's movie than Mindy's movie. She had the biggest character arc. That's the big journey that we saw. Mindy's character didn't really change other than kind of like standing up for herself a little bit more. But like 
other than that, there wasn't really anything that she, the journey that she needed to like change herself and, you know, do things that wasn't, that wasn't really what the movie was about. It was more Emma's character. So I feel like that was her showing it. And it's like, that's, and she even said like, that's, I came here. What else do you, I can't do anything else. You yeah. know, I get that, and I we definitely like saw came all the way to Brooklyn, wherever right, she went. Yeah, yeah. walked up Queens, and yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I agree with you, and I think that like we definitely saw an arc in her character, mm-hmm. and I, I just wanted it to be pushed that much further. Yeah, and I think they could have done something to leave me like a little more emotionally. But then satisfied. would it be then would it be cheesy and too like you know buttoned up well, and like it I just to I me? I think because they didn't want it to be cheesy, they yeah. held back. I yeah. think there was still they could have pushed it a little bit, a little further, bit further without it being cheesy, and I think. Because you're, you're right. It could mm-hmm. have definitely been like, oh, God, really, like, sad. Now she's like, you know, yeah. every woman. I mean, and spoiler alert, I feel like when Reed Scott, who I love so much. Oh, I love I him. love you. He's on Veep. He's fantastic. Kisses Who's Mindy the other... on the head. Who... And I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> like, I do want them to be together because they hated each other so much. And so I kind of like that this is the journey. But I don't really like how you showed me that. I don't yeah. know. That was just my- I was like, well, yeah. I, don't I just like felt that. a little weird about that. Was there anyone that stood out for either of you in this film? I mean, Reed Scott, and then uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who is the guy from Itania. God, he's so <laughs> funny. I think he's so great. He's definitely somebody I'm going to be watching. And of course, Ike Barinholtz. I love you. Yeah, for me, it was Emma Reed, and uh, oh, what was the guy? That guy? Not Hugh. Hugh Dancy. Hugh Dancy? Yeah. Okay. I liked him in that. He was great. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. He's been gone for a while. I know. And, like, he came back and he's all, like, studly and kind of, like, swaggy. Like, Damn. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. He was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a new actress in the scene called Emma Thompson that I'm really excited about. <laughs> no, I, I actually did want to plug. Um, so there is a new show on HBO that she stars in called Years and Years. You've told me to watch. I have not watched. So I, I, I am, did hear about that. I am someone who, I don't know if you know this about me, but it takes, like, an immense amount of pressure and this like solid campaign to get me to watch a new TV show because I just I don't usually like new TV shows. It's not my thing. Um, but for some reason, there was something about this one that looked intriguing and it has like a political dynamic and stuff. And oh my god, episode one, I was like legit hooked. And that cliffhanger in episode one was like oh my god. And it actually got me thinking. And sorry to digress, but it got me thinking about how like we are so accustomed to binging to being able to like watch the next episode of something when you want to see the next episode of something. And this is airing weekly because it's HBO. Oh my God. Like the week to week wait was driving me insane. Oh wow! And then I found out that it already aired in the UK. So I found all the episodes online and downloaded them and watched them all because I needed to binge the show. That's how fucking good it was. And I cried like a fucking baby during the last like 20 minutes of the finale. Cause it's a limited series. It's only six episodes. Yeah. It's not going to take you some time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so it's basically takes place over the next 15 years starting in present day Mm -hmm. and then it ends 15 years from now and the trajectory and it follows a family in the uk and all the political turmoil that's happening um oh it's so good and emma thompson plays basically like the donald trump of the moment Mm -hmm. in the uk it's so good i can't recommend it enough Okay, so, I'll I mean, get started. I mean, I can I'm do years episodes. and years, years and years and years. And- the good news. What did you think it was called? What the fuck? What did what did years you- and weirds? Years, ears. Oh, ears and weirds. Okay, ears have another and drink. wieners. 
I didn't say wieners. I okay. said weers. So my point, though, is that by the, by the time this episode no. airs, all of the episodes will be out on HBO. So okay. you can binge watch it if you wish. Okay. When? And you won't have to legally download them online. Oh. As of now, <gasps> they're Sean. all... Listen, if, if you don't make content available to me and I want it and I know it's available <laughs> somewhere else, I will find it. That's how this works. Okay? Whether it's music, movies, That's how this works. television, okay. what wow. have you. Well, wow. I will find a way. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right, ladies, let's give our martini scores. Lena, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Clearly, it's a four. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can't even give it a three. It wasn't even in the middle you, for me. Do you feel like, was it the audience or like, I mean, because you saw at it the at the theater? premiere. I was going to say, you went to the premiere. It was a pretty. A that was fun. But but honestly, like there's no weight in your score. No, but honestly, like friends and family screenings and premieres are kind of the worst audiences to see movies with because it's all it's all filled with cast. people who have yeah. cast all the crew that worked on the movie that they're all looking at the shit they wish they could have done different. So they're not sitting in enjoyment. Interesting. Like and honestly, all those screenings that I've been to, like that's very typical because it's even art department is like, fuck, look at that prop in the background. I should have fucking <laughs> fixed that. Like they're not paying attention yeah. to how the whole thing came together. Like a lot of yeah. people, they're perfectionists. This is their art, and they are looking at what they had a hand so in and what they want to change. It was the energy in the room that caused Lena. To I not feel like, the like I well, that's a, don't be, think so because it is. I think for comedies that the benefit of seeing them in a theater is laughing with everybody. That is sure. such a great experience. So yeah. like at Sundance, See, seeing that. it with like 500 people, everybody laughing at the same time. And I was by myself. So it wasn't like I was with a friend or had that sort of experience. It's like, to me, it was like, God, this feels so good to be in this room where everybody's laughing together. Like that's a totally different feeling. And there's a lot of those moments that nobody laughed at the premiere, you know? So it's yeah. just... Moments that I'm like, oh, God, I remember that being really funny and that joke really landing a different way than it did in that screening. That's fair. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I pay attention to other people. I, I mean, it's not paying ever. attention no, to not, other people, but it's the energy no, that you're absorbing. No, I don't absorbing. think I pay attention to that energy, though, because mm-hmm. I'm watching the movie. It's I'm very, it's very... Energy isn't necessarily so, something you're mindful of, though. Sometimes it's just... Oh, I'm totally all about energy, but, but I don't in a situation think, like this, you might not be. Like, it might just be Yeah, I'm so you. focused on me and watching it, I don't think I pay attention to it when people are laughing and not laughing. I, 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 I can't remember, so I wouldn't... I don't know. I'll, maybe okay. I'll have to pay attention to that next time, but... Well, I'm going to give it a two. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely wasn't, like, the best film I ever saw, but it was definitely... If it was... As you say, on in the background, I would definitely be watching it again. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have this on in the background. I enjoyed it. I feel like I want you to watch it again because I'm same, really actually. disappointed oh that you didn't get a good experience it was like, out of it. I was it. bored. Which is it like, was funny. It was, mm-hmm. but it's not funny enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Natalie was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm that listening. was very educational. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Natalie is highly educational. I'm sure you'll make me watch it again. I'm sure I will be make just you as watch bored. it again. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I think we're gonna do like a wine night at my place, and we're gonna watch it again. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Let's candles. But like even the wardrobe. The, I loved her wardrobe. Oh god, I loved her wardrobe. But I don't need to see. The, I don't need to see the movie for the wardrobe. I can look at pictures online. So we're gonna trick Lena, and we're gonna what's that <laughs> shitty Ben Affleck Netflix movie? We're gonna oh, tell her about Triple Frontier. Frontier. Triple yeah. Frontier. Coming did you like Triple watch Frontier more than this? Mm-hmm. What the fucking hell? So we're gonna invite her over on the pretense yeah, of ben watching Affleck. that. Hello, I like Christ anything. Sake. Natalie, God. what was your score? My score is a two. I really, really loved this movie. I'm happy you 
guys love this movie. I'm sorry that I'm not a two or even a three. <laughs> I was going to say, could you at least bump it up to a three? I, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I want us to have different opinions. That's the whole point in yeah. having, like, conversation and, like, in different perspectives. That's just what it is. Um, it's just more of, like, it's funny when... I had seen this movie earlier at Sundance oh, this year. And the what premiere. A, what a I'm gift. sorry, that will be the last time I see it. On the red gift. carpet. Um, and at the premiere. Um, but <laughs> when I loved it so much and when other people don't have a sa- the same experience, it's more like, oh my God, like, did I miss something? Because I just like totally, I fell in love with it the first time I no, saw it. No, but you I really, like really different comedies. It. I don't yeah. like, you know, like it's just. Yeah. I would even say. Um, you had hyped it up so much. I know. And typically, I when someone does that, that, no, but typically when that happens for me, the bar is really, really high. Yeah. Especially when you like yeah. a movie, I'm like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And I went in and actually, like, it was where you set the bar. Like, oh, good. it was, I really enjoyed it. Good. Cool. Not for Lena. She was like, fuck this movie. All right. Well, I was like, thanks for taking me to the premiere. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we want to thank you for listening. For more information, please be sure to visit themartiniscale.com where you can find links for all of our social channels in addition to show notes and more. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. It helps others discover the show. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.